Elegant Sea Urchin is a serial oral fiction written, presented, and produced by Swoon as part of the Greater Swooncraft Creative. You can support this and all things Swoon by subbing, sharing, becoming a patron, or making a one-time donation. And before the program starts, here's a fact. Leagues of the Ocean are no barrier to those who are determined. After all, the Leagues of Ocean are all busy with their own aqueous threats. You, listening. Hey, thanks. Seriously, and enjoy. There's a rumor that peppercorns are building something. It's horrifying. The ancients of our society are claiming it'll cleanse our tangerine speck. Uncle K thinks the peppercorns are inconsequential. Grandma asked him why, and he defended. If the peppers were doing anything important, Dux Jones would be embarking to meet with the proctors leading whatever embargoes got the trench in a maelstrom. It's now that we need to be looking to the hills, because you know what's closer than the peppers? And went on to rant about his usual qualms with the world and keeping eight-legged cats off our streets. <sighs> as far as the peppercorns, it's impossible. At least, that's what the unpopular kids were saying at lunch, and we all know the minority and unpopular opinion usually carries a note of truth. So their statement of impossibility means that the peppercorns themselves are not impossible, but actually imposters. Well, before I make such a claim, let me explain what the peppercorns are as taught to us end-schoolers. They're mutants that live beyond the Great Moony Moss. Dozens of years ago, when we were changing our outlook on the fractured magenta dimension, and that specific fear of reality-colliding cataclysm seeped into the populace's minds, the peppercorns were attempting to observe the universe. It's claimed that their ancestors came from the universe instead of just suddenly having existence in the world, like most civilizations. Weird, right? Anyway, I, I think the ancients say that their curiosity found something so fundamentally mundane that it changed them forever, hence being ugly twisted husks, as far as the images in our end school books depict at least. So what are they building? Well, I don't know. The brown noses haven't gotten a fresh scoop. If you catch what I'm casting, the ancients are busy being shelled up. And all the other elders in our community know as much as us use. Actually, I heard over the waves recently, it is believed that ancients who don't become shelled lose most of the knowledge of their youth, meaning I'm probably one of the best sources on the subject. You know, since I care marginally less than the rest of everyone who couldn't care less, and I don't really have a, a stake in either side besides my own well-being as much as that matters for those of us living these days. But it makes me reliable because I have the least amount of bias. So here's what the peppercorns, if that's what they even are, are building. A bioorganism that thrives on pollutants. You won't hear the elders deny my idea. Or the government. I don't think they have a damn clue. Ah. Sorry about that, I shouldn't bless. The UV wavecast let me have this humble, unused ripple on the terms that I not say kind blessings, such as bitch, cunt, fuck. <coughs> well, I don't know how long I was off, but I'll back up a little. Remember the doorball game from a few weeks ago? Well, the doorball players blamed the faculty. The faculty didn't know what they were being accused of until they were presented with a dozen cum-crusted britches. All the faculty inflated to a state of mental purgatory to contemplate existence, the shimmering sky, and the best ways to experience the most painful suicides and how to scrape the memory from their brains because... 
Let's face it, we're all too chicken to actually die. As someone who's gone through those same motions, the day of the <coughs> coming, I knew they wouldn't be able to block it out. Due to their reaction, the accusation was dropped, and school had been cancelled for the week. We can still hear the faculty screaming from anywhere in the cove. I'm sure you can infer that no one knew who the ingrown Asquil was. And when I saw Bonilla the last day of lunch before the faculty's impromptu break, he was blue in the face, afraid I, Fable, Lonerous, Rex the 18th, would throw him in cold waters. <laughs> I was going to let Bonilla suffocate in his thoughts a little, but yesterday, during our unscheduled break, he found me and Enzo at the shore. I was swirling a stick in an estuary, watching the pale peach algae and moss swirl and scatter. It was a lovely still violet day, truest fit for the highest caliber. Self-loathing. The nice thing about the shore is that even during vacation season, no one visits it anymore. According to Uncle K, the restoration efforts are all focused on the parks and forests and trails. I remember when I was a little girl visiting the shores and there being murders of people, stands for shaved ice, mushroom burgers, those amazing fried bites of mystery substance. Nostalgia is one of the most unpleasant pleasantries. And it's all nostalgia because no one goes to the shore anymore. There's no smells of sweets and fried bits, no choking children acclimating to the spores, no people from the magenta fractured dimension that we witnessed attempting to play volleyball with us and bringing us that much closer to assured world colliding destruction. I don't think it really has to do with funding. It could be the wafting dusty sex of the mossy expanse, but it's not like anyone's actually afraid of inhaling the spores. I mean, I'm not. Enzo doesn't seem to mind them. I don't know. But I visit the shore now and again. And while the moss and algae dusted up from my disturbances, and I consider the true toxicology of the spores and how fast it takes Neurowalk to set in, I heard someone approaching. I found out Henry Bonilla visits the shore too. I stood and waited for Bonilla to say something. He merely stared at me. Plump, pink face, squinty, dead eyes. There's machines and procedures, his... Roundness is no excuse. The tax on obesity is pretty big. It's a wonder that his family hasn't intervened. Although, when it comes to people like Uncle K, the help is a little more than some of us can handle. He even said a lack of hunger was fine, that on average, we all filter in enough nutrients simply from breathing. I didn't lose more weight than necessary when he came into and changed my life a couple of years ago. Back, back to Benila. I, I could tell he was trying to figure out what to say. Um, <clears throat> what kind of leverage can you force against someone who doesn't? When did you get a pet? I glanced at Enzo. A noticeably algulous circumference around him amidst the shallows. His silver eyes met mine. Still feral, but his swine snout wriggled in a way that I was beginning to think meant, yeah, I'm listening, or probably more accurately, why are you bothering me? And I told Bonilla, you've got it wrong. The stray found an owner, to which I believe Enzo snorted in approval. Bonilla moved forward, asking if he could pet him. Told him that I wouldn't recommend it. Enzo sneezed, causing a cloud of peach particulates to engulf our intruder. Bonilla, I came here- And he interrupted me to ask Enzo's name. I let Enzo do his thing. How did Enzo get his name? That's weird.
Pulling my skirts up, I crouched down in the gently ebbing shallows, returning to my task of disturbing the moss and algae. This is kind of hard to admit, and it's the first time I'm saying this out loud, but I've been a little fascinated with living things. For example, Enzo hates it. My romantic inner monologues and watching him aren't what he wants at all. Then there's school. I've always paid attention to people, but lately I've been thriving on watching them. Don't get me wrong, they live boring lives and I don't care about the gossip. <clears throat> oh, Benilla was speaking to me. I, I stood up. What? I'm here to be alone together with my dog. His plump features cast some sort of sadness, but he pointed to the murk that I'd been disturbing and said that there's something there. I looked down at the still swirling galaxy of life and my stick lazily spinning free from my grasp within it. There was a... Oh, as a thought, I hope I don't get in any kind of trouble saying this. There was... <sighs> okay, this is going to sound bizarre, but there was a railroad spike. It wasn't rusty like a lot of metals tend to be. It had scratches of wear and seemed flatter on top than I thought railroad spikes came. I mean, there hasn't been a railroad in the cove for half a century. The highlands and plateau only finished deconstruction of theirs by the time I was born, so I picked it up. Bonilla was really close to me. I could feel his bated breath on my shoulder before he spoke. Funny, seeing a fae that can hold cold iron, he said. I elbowed him in the gut, only to get a quivering thanks. The spike was cold and heavy. It felt normal as far as manufactured rail parts are normal. Enzo arced his head to sniff at the ends that protruded from my grip. He took little interest after a brief inspection, deciding to turn his slathering maw back to the protozoan life. And I mused, how do you think it got here? Looking up and down the shore into the banks to make sure no one was watching, Vanilla reached for the iron. Let me see. I pulled back, stepping further into the shallows. Iced your hands, jitterfish. But he persisted, and the next step I took, my foot didn't find purchase, and into the murk I went. I wondered earlier what Neurolock did. I think from being submerged, I got a first-hand experience. Rose butterflies and pink swirls engulfed my vision. I couldn't tell if I was suffocating or learning how to breathe again. Maybe the heavy thing in my hand kept me grounded. Behind the flittering pastel pinks and golds and blues, I saw the murky brine and tangerine flecks of the shore. I saw a shape moving above. I heard the warped echo of a piercing howl. Darkness never set in, but the blinding pastel lights and sprites lasted a long time. I wondered where Uncle K was, probably at his government facility below the cove, what Grandma was carving. Recently she had turned our kitchen bar into coral. She's so old. It's beautiful how beautiful she is and still doing what she loves. Grandma always says I'm the inking image of my mom. I never knew my mom. 
but I kind of remember my dad. Glimpses of maroon and a green that reminded me of a hill I used to play on in tall, skinny shadows, Cheshire smiles, and the smells of oak and plastic and cinnamon. I think, at last, I died a little, but that's not really what I want anymore.